In our broadcast today, we are going to examine event, an event that is recorded for us in 2 Chronicles 18, verses 4 through 34. This passage is too long to read, so you may want to follow along in your Bibles with me, if you are able. The passage, once again, is 2 Chronicles 18. The account we are considering is the battle the armies of Israel and Judah together fought against the Syrian army. Ahab, king of Israel, the ten northern tribes, and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, entered into league with each other in order to do battle against Syria, a nation that lay north and east of Israel. As we already noticed in our last broadcast, Ahab and Israel had apostatized and were worshipping Baal. It was wrong, therefore, for Jehoshaphat to join affinity with Israel. The true church may never join hands or unite with the false church. The account we study today will reveal that clearly. We will find, however, that God had his divine purpose in this battle. He would use it to punish the wicked house of Ahab and the kingdom of Israel. God's judgment now rested upon Ahab and his household for their sin. And the events of our text today were ordered by the Lord, therefore. So, we have the incident before us, one of court intrigue and cunning craftiness. Ahab had asked Jehoshaphat to go with him to war against Syria in an attempt to win back Ramoth Gilead. Jehoshaphat told Ahab that he and Judah would be one with Israel in the war. But Jehoshaphat was a believer. The difference between him and Ahab reveals itself in the account before us. But perhaps the main contrast revealed in this account is between false prophets of Jehovah versus the one true prophet of Jehovah. In this way, this passage lends itself readily to what we see taking place in the church world in general today. False prophets or teachers increase, while those preachers who remain faithful and steadfast to the word of God diminish. God in these last days is sending strong delusion as we will find, just as he did in the account before us. Jehoshaphat had given his consent. Israel and Judah together would go to war against Ben-Hadad and Syria. Preparations were soon underway. The troops were being gathered. Ahab and Jehoshaphat met together regularly to prepare. And it was at one of these meetings that Jehoshaphat made the suggestion that they consult a prophet concerning God's will regarding the battle. It was this believing king's desire to know the mind of Jehovah. Ahab did not really care, it seems. Nevertheless, Ahab called together the prophets of Jehovah. Now, he did not call together the prophets of Baal, since Jehoshaphat would not be interested in what these men had to say. Out of Israel, therefore, Ahab gathered 400 prophets of Jehovah. At the head of these men stood a particularly ambitious man named Zedekiah, who was the spokesman for these prophets. While 
Both Ahab and Jehoshaphat sat upon a throne in the gate of Samaria, in a large open place that would accommodate these men, they spoke their prophecy. Before considering their prophecy, however, we do well to understand the spiritual character of these prophets. Jezebel had for the most part killed the faithful prophets of Jehovah out of Israel. Those left, therefore, those able to walk freely in Israel, were prophets who were willing to express agreement with every sinful way in which Ahab and Jezebel walked. These these prophets were willing to exist side by side with and even agree with the prophets of Baal and their teachings. If this were not true, these prophets too would have been put to death or imprisoned. So, the spiritual character of these 400 prophets is evident. They were false prophets. When asked whether Israel should go to battle, with one voice these prophets answered, Go up, for God will deliver the battle in the king's hand. This is this not exactly what Ahab wanted to hear? Here was Ahab, walking in open sin, unrepentance before Jehovah God. But these prophets spoke the word Ahab exactly wanted to hear. This was, this was, well, too easy. Jehoshaphat knew that these men were merely agreeing with Ahab. Jehoshaphat knew what was going on in Israel. His response may have been hesitant, but it was obvious. Is there not one more prophet of Jehovah? Ahab then told Jehoshaphat about Micaiah. Ahab really did not want to hear what Micaiah had to say. But for Jehoshaphat's sake, Ahab sent a man to escort the prophet Micaiah to him. Micaiah was a true prophet of Jehovah, one who spoke only that which God had revealed to him. And Micaiah was in prison for the truth's sake. He was taken out of ward to come and prophesy and then brought back again later with further punishment of feeding him bread and water because of his prophecy concerning the battle. With the presence of Micaiah, the reliability, the reputation, the the integrity of these false prophets was in question. They already had a rather precarious position in Israel. What would Ahab do now? Zedekiah took the lead. Taking up a horn of iron, he said, With this you will push Syria until they be consumed. In order to please Ahab, the other prophets all agreed readily with Zedekiah. Ahab would prosper. What a pleasing word of God Ahab heard from the mouths of the prophets of the apostate church. In effect, they were saying, Walk in sin and prosper. This made their king most happy. It is the same pleasing message that is often heard by the mouth of countless apostate Christian preachers today. Walk in sin and prosper. The Bible warns us of false prophets and teachers today. We learn in Ephesians 4 verse 14 that there are going to be many who lie in wait to deceive who are characterized by cunning craftiness in the words they speak. We are warned in 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4, that there will be men in the last days who will teach false doctrine. 
They shall turn away from truth and teach fables in its place. The scripture is filled with warnings against those who claim to come in the name of Christ, but who preach a false gospel. Yet thousands of Christian people today take no heed to the warning of scripture, but blindly follow after these teachers. When a faithful preacher comes in the name of Jehovah and proclaims the truth, then most often anyway he is ignored or labeled as a troublemaker. And the day comes too that probably such preachers will be, just as in Ahab's day, outlawed. Many in Christianity today have come to accept the relativism and even the hedonism of this world, just as been foretold in the scripture. As a result, error is swallowing up the church world. Instead of searching out the scriptures to come to unity on the basis of the truth, unity is found on the basis of doctrinal error. Doctrinal differences are considered insignificant and non-essential. Some in false Christianity even embrace the heathen religions of this world. Compromise with the unbelieving world, other religions, doctrinal error, seems to be the order of the day in much of the church. False teachers of today teach these people because, well, people like to hear it. makes them feel good about themselves. With the lie that has infiltrated the apostate church comes this message. Go and prosper. Embrace doctrinal error, walk in the sins of this world, and prosper. God loves you and will prosper you no matter how you live. Call evil good and good evil. It does, does not matter to God. Go and prosper. This makes everyone feel good about themselves, doesn't it? Even while walking in disobedience to God's commandments. Now, upon Jehoshaphat's insistence, Micaiah is called. Ahab sends one of his officers to take this faithful prophet to him. That officer informed Micaiah of what the false prophets were saying and advised Micaiah to conform his message to what the rest of them spoke. When this prophet was brought before Ahab and the question put before him, his answer was, Go up and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. Was there sarcasm or indifference in Micaiah's voice? It's hard to say. But Ahab knew immediately that Micaiah said this simply to pacify him. When Ahab demanded the truth of Micaiah, the prophet then proceeded to prophesy what Jehovah had revealed to him. Verse 16. The children of Israel will be scattered because they will have no master. It's not difficult to understand by this that Ahab was going to die in battle. The nation of Israel would lose its leadership and would be scattered. Ahab's reaction was so typical of this man. One can almost hear his pouting. See, Jehoshaphat, I told you that Micaiah never says anything good to me. He he just does not like me. That is why he speaks this about me. Ahab in his unbelief obviously did not understand that it was God speaking, not Micaiah. Ahab viewed Micaiah no differently than these other 400 men. They spoke as men. They saw no revelation from Jehovah. If they liked him, they would speak good. If they did not like him, as was the case with Micaiah, they would speak evil. 
But the next prophecy of Micaiah really created a commotion. We read in verses 18 through 22 what he saw. God was sitting on his throne and asked of the angels, Who will entice Ahab to go to battle and fall? A spirit suggested that he be sent out to be a lying spirit in the mouths of the 400 false prophets. God then sent his spirit out, and he it is that now speaks in the mouths of these prophets. Ooh. Micaiah had brought into question the integrity and truthfulness of these 400 prophets. I mean, here was one man whose message to Ahab was exactly the opposite of theirs. From a human point of view, it was obvious, was it not? Somehow this man had to get Ahab to believe him rather than these 400 men. What, what an elaborate prophecy he must have come up with now to achieve his goal. So Zedekiah thought. For that reason, he immediately came to Micaiah and slapped him across the face. Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? In other words, you claim to speak by the Spirit, Micaiah. Well, so do I. Why should anyone believe your words over against ours? Indeed, why should an unbeliever believe the words of one man above that of others? How can any man really tell who is speaking the truth and who is not? Did not the same spirit who led Micaiah to testify against the prophets now just lead Zedekiah to slap Micaiah? That was his point. Who could tell? And the point is well taken. No one can tell until after the fact. Ahab sent Micaiah back to prison and told them to make things harder yet on Micaiah until he, Ahab, returned from the battle. It was then that Micaiah offered the ultimate proof for who spoke the truth. In the years of the multitude standing there, he said, Take note, everyone. You will learn through whom Jehovah speaks. If Ahab returns from battle, then I am a false prophet, and these four hundred are the true prophets of the Lord. If Ahab does not return from battle alive, then you know that Jehovah speaks by me. God grant his servants who preach his word today the boldness of this prophet Micaiah. This man, by the work of God's grace, and through the strength of faith, was able to stand before 400 men who also claimed to be the prophets of the Lord. Who was to say that he was right and they were wrong? And yet today, the preacher of the gospel has objective proof to say he is right and others wrong. He has the scriptures, the objective standard of what is right and wrong. And yet, even today, it is said by the false prophets, well, it's all a matter of interpretation. The Bible really is not conclusive in this matter or that matter. And when the faithful preacher says, no, 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 this is the word of God. The truth is clearly taught on the pages of Scripture. The answer given is, look at all of us theologians today saying that it means this. Then look at you saying that it means that. Ha! Which way with the Spirit of the Lord from us to speak unto you? We have the Spirit too. When the majority agrees, well, it must be right. You know, every man must stand in judgment before God someday. 
Let every prophet or preacher of God beware. In that day the truth of God's word will stand. And woe to that false teacher who would lead God's people astray from the word. He may claim to speak the truth. He may even sound intelligent and persuasive. He may rest, that is, twist the word of God to say what he wants. But Peter tells us that such rest that word of God to their own destruction. In the day of judgment, the truth will be revealed. God give every faithful pastor the boldness and the grace to preach the word in season and out of season, even if it offends the kings of this world. But there is something more in our text that may, we may not overlook. This prophecy of Micaiah concerning the lying spirit that would enter the hearts of the false prophets is telling. The nation of Israel had turned away from God. Instead of heeding the warning of the prophets to turn from her sin, Israel plunged on in her sin and in her disobedience. When this happens to a church institute as a whole, God judges that church. The judgment of God upon that church is that he sends her strong delusion. Those are not my words. They're the scripture's words. He sends men into her midst that preach the lie and her members embrace and give themselves over wholly to that lie. They, they actually think they are embracing the truth. God deceives them. He sends strong delusion so that they actually think they are maintaining truth when it is the lie. Of this Micaiah's prophecy speaks. God was judging the nation of Israel, and he was doing so by placing a lie upon the lips of the false prophets. Oh, it was not as if these false or these prophets did what they did ignorantly. They knew that Jehovah had not truly prophesied unto them. They didn't see any visions, but unbelief is ignorance. They knew no work of the Spirit. God had not, through the blood of the coming Messiah, saved these men. They were lost in their unbelief. The Spirit, therefore, did not work in them at all. How were they then to know what the true work of the Spirit was in prophesying? God set the Spirit of strong delusion. They preached, and the people believed their lies. In this way, God sealed their judgment. God gave them over to their lies. What a warning, once again, to us who live in these last days. You know, we read of this same phenomenon that will take place in these last days. I told you that these were the words of Scripture, a strong delusion. Well, we read of that in Second Thessalonians 2, verses 8 through 12, that in the last days the Antichrist will arise. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness, and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this God, reason, or for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's frightening. That's frightening. Let the church of Christ today beware lest we give in to the false teachers that have gone out into the world. 
Ahab went to battle. Was he a bit wary of what Micaiah told him? He must have been. He sent Jehoshaphat into battle, wearing the king's raiment. But he took on the raiment of a common soldier. The Syrians being instructed beforehand to fight only with Ahab surrounded Jehoshaphat. And it was only by God's sovereign direction that they turned away from him, discovering that he was not the king of Israel. God saved this believer, though Jehoshaphat had sinned. But Ahab? Ahab was under God's judgment. An archer of Syria took his arrow and shot it into the midst of the armies of Israel. God directed that arrow so that it pierced Ahab's harness, his coat of mail, exactly in that little point where the wire mesh meets. It wounded Ahab severely, and by the end of the day, he bled out in his chariot. Micaiah's prophecy was true. The four hundred had lied. But then, no one in Israel took note, as Micaiah had told them to do. God's judgment rested on this nation. Ahab died, and Israel was scattered. Nothing changed. The apostate church continued on in her sin. God had judged her. She was going to perish. Such is the ultimate end of those who turn away from Jehovah. Turn from the gospel of grace and the truth of God's word. Embrace the lie and perish. Teach for truth the doctrines of men. Believe in a God that is fickle and serves the wishes of men. Embrace a Christ that has not come to save from sin, but only to make this world a better place to live, and die. Allow the members of the church to walk in the sins of this world without discipline, and be destroyed. Begin to look at the word of God as being subject to man's private interpretation, and God will give us over into our sin. God give to his church today, Micaiah's. Men who will unashamedly preach what God speaks to his church in the word. God give us as members of the church to bow before God's word and seek the cross of Jesus Christ for our salvation from sin and Satan. Dear listeners, may God preserve you and me yet today. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, we bow before Thee, the living God, and we know Thy sovereign rule over all of creation and over man. And it is frightening to know that when man walks in the way of sin and disobedience against Thee, Thou wilt give them over into, thy, into their sin. We pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But when we walk in the way of sin... And thou art a God who sovereignly controls all things. Preserve thy church and preserve thy people in these days. We thank thee for thy word. May that word ever be our guide. For Jesus' sake we pray these things. Amen.